have any banter today. All bantered out, bro. Yeah. I will say, during the movie, I had to pee within the first, like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And then I got up, and then, like, maybe... Maybe forty minutes later, I had to pee again, and I was like, "I can't, I can't do it. I'm too." When far. did you I get up? Let me tell you I what had... you missed. I remember the movie perfectly. No, I just I got up when they, when they were entering uh, Neverwinter. Okay, so did um, you see Hugh Grant hug Michelle Rodriguez? Because it was really funny. I did. No, I did see that. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Don't worry. Uh, I you, also um, um, I also peed during the movie, but doesn't surprise me, Raven. Doesn't no. surprise me at all. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was well, gonna say. I had the. Uh, I think longest piss I've had in a while after the movie stopped. Well, I had a large Diet Coke, so, you know, I was... Little LDC action? Um, Raven, what part did you miss? Um, I can't remember. Okay. Because Wait, I pee so fast. I was, in, I was out to the bathroom and back within, like, three minutes. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, make, I, make, I make quick work of the job. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. Didn't even sit down, just... I hover. I hover, bro. I hover. You know what? So uh... I, um... Oh, go ahead, Thorne. I was going to say, there was this guy who was next to me in the urinals, and he, like, looked over, and he was just like... He was like, that's a massive hello. dong. <laughs> yeah, but then he also said, hello. Oh, and welcome. I'm Holly Lyons. My name is Luke Job. My name is Thorin, uh, Massive Dong George. And my name is Raven Walker. And this is Modular. The podcast where we usually take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the 5th edition of D&D. That's right, Luke. Tiny Dong Joe. These are the pre-written stories made uh, by the folks who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. Usually. Typically. And why would we do that, Long Dick? Well, Raven mid-sized Dong Walker, maybe you're a DM who is thinking about running a particular campaign, and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who has already been in this particular campaign, and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Or maybe you just watched the new D&D movie, and you just want to talk to your friends about it, and you're actually taking an episode off to give it time to breathe. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. But you should be warned. Good job, no dicks. <laughs> Each of our episodes usually take on a, a part of these pre-written adventures, meaning that there are spoilers. In this case, there will be some spoilers, uh, but not for a campaign, but for a movie. We'll let you know when, though. Um, but, you know, you could still listen the first little bit and, and hear about the D&D movie. And, yeah. There's another warning that I think we should offer them. That's right, Long Dick. Modular, typically, this isn't a podcast for children. And I mean, we still, it still isn't. yeah, it still isn't. We we still discuss some pretty explicit themes and like sex, alcohol, drug use, and have some language peppered in. But you should be most aware that after a certain point, in which we make abundantly clear, we will have explicit spoilers of uh, this movie. So you should be warned. If you're if you don't like spoilers, get out of here. You can't be mad at us if you stick around. That's right. And now, without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our movie review of Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. It's a modular pod, it's a modular pod, little D and for you and me. Oh yeah. Going gone. Gone gone. 
Going ghost. I'm going ghost. Okay, to sync to sync up. Um, Holly, on what day did you see the D and D movie? I want to say March nineteenth. Wow, Raven, what day did you see the D and D movie? It was March nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. Thorin, what what day did you see the D and D movie? March thirty first. Nice. I saw it on the twenty sixth, and again on the thirtieth. Very nice. Hell yeah! All right, so let's let's uh let's let's get into our view of Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Uh, for the audience, the first little bit, we're going to be completely spoiler free. Uh, we will give you clear instructions when we're getting into spoiler territory. Um, after that, you know, ye be warned. Um, so, initial thoughts. I think everyone liked it, right? Yeah, I, I loved it. I had a yeah. great time. Oh, yeah. I haven't had that great of a time in a movie theater in a while. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Um, I thought it was cool to be in a theater full of total nerds um, and just enjoy the movie because, you know, it's one of those movies that knows what it is and it's not, not trying to be anything crazy. It's just trying to do justice by the fan base. Amen. What about you, Raven? I think... Um... I really enjoyed the early showing because kind of similar to what Holly was saying. Obviously, a lot of people there were D&D players and very excited to play D&D. And they had people selling dice out front and cool D&D stuff. So it was just a fun movie experience. You know, everyone there enjoying the same atmosphere, laughing at the jokes, understanding the simple mechanics that they did have included. So good time all around. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I went twice and both times theater was packed. Um, And it's like a really good feeling to laugh with other strangers in the dark, you know, and like the movie was so funny. Um, Yeah, it was it was like peak movie going experience both times. And, And one thing I was really surprised about is there were a lot of like really little kids in one of my showings, like four year olds. <laughs> yeah, there and were a lot of like, little kids at mine. I was like, this is like low key intense for, I don't know. I feel like my parents wouldn't have taken me to see that, but yeah, nobody, almost, no kid, no kid got carried out screaming and crying. So that was good. I almost wondered because it was, it was actually really cute. So at my showing, there were two old as hell, like the oldest fucking men I've ever seen. And I'm like, I bet those fuckers have been playing D and D for like so long. And then like, you know, parents with their kids that probably they probably play D&D and so their kids probably play D&D so I don't know it was just like a generational good time so oh yeah I thought that was you saw some endearing. socks and sandals and you're like yeah there they are <laughs> they There's also had the on like fucking Viet- Vietnam veteran hats I was like these fuckers are old <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, briefly, audience, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, uh, was just released here in March of 2023. It's a film directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Uh, you may know them because they also directed the fucking fantastic comedy, uh, Game Night with Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. That movie's so good. Um, and they have not missed yet again. Um, it was, uh, co-written by michael gilio who you won't know from anything and chris mckay who was originally set to direct uh and he is the director of the lego batman movie um i love the lego batman so movie. 
you can see that lots of comedy minds coming together to write this thing. Uh, it was uh, released by Paramount after kind of a bidding war uh, against Warner Bros. And um, Hasbro has a film company as well called E1, which helped produce the movie. So um, that's kind of the background of what this movie uh, is and who it was made by. But generally, it's just a fucking good time. Uh, let's get in, since this is spoiler-free, let's get into what we thought about the actors. Yeah, who is everybody's favorite character? So, first and foremost, Mr. Chris Pine. Daddy Pine. I thought it was really cool to see Chris Pine in this role, just because I'm so used to him playing, like, the leading man in, like, a rom-com. And not to say anything bad about him being, like, an attractive guy and, like, taking on those roles. I just felt like this role, like, you know, it was a little bit more fun for him. Yeah. Yeah, I love Chris Pine so much. He's so good. Yeah. Very believable. I think, like, one of my least favorite things when, like, an attractive male actor, I think the worst thing they can do is take themselves too seriously. Um, Yeah. And so many attractive male actors do that. And I feel like he definitely has made a point in his career. And especially now, like he's done the hot boy a lot of times. He's been that boy. And not saying like, obviously he's, he's still very conventionally attractive in this movie, but being willing to go along with the humor and obviously getting really into the fantasy of D and D and being a little bit of a nerd because they all played D and D together before they yeah. filmed this movie Very so wholesome. you know taking part of it so it, it comes it, it definitely shines through the character you can tell he played a bard he also he did talk a lot in interviews um about how his nephew plays D, and that was like a big reason for why he did it did the movie and yeah i mean like he's just like star power you know like and to like take a gamble especially i don't know if y'all know there are three D D movies that were released between 2000 and 2012 that are fucking dog shit and so for him to be like <laughs> i'm gonna take a gamble on this like i don't know it, yeah i i saw in the credits he was an executive producer so he really did take a big oh, gamble. shit hell yeah because yeah. he gave some money damn that's awesome yeah. that's fucking awesome i did not know that um also talking about hot boys reggae jean page is in the, and we didn't give Chris Pine introduction. He needs no introduction. He's in movies like the Star Trek films and the Wonder Woman movies and that Scottish King movie where you see his wiener. Um, <laughs> but Reggae Jean Page, relatively new. <laughs> if you don't know him, he is. Uh, he was in Bridgerton, right? Fuck yeah, he was in Bridgerton. Bridger- yeah. Bridgerton's it boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Reggae Jean Page, relatively new actor, I feel like. But um, God, what a man. I fucking loved, I loved him. He was so, he was like, he did play himself very seriously, but in a way that like, it made me laugh. Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. They were like, this is the fish out of water. Like, yeah, I think oh, some people, sure. some people wanted to go into the D and D movie. Uh, some, some, you know, haters on this movie wanted to go <laughs> in and see that character as the main character. They wanted a very serious, like honor driven, like this is, this is truth, justice in the American way kind of D and that was not this movie but he got tossed into it and it, it honestly felt like he like came from a different movie and was like oh shit no it genuinely no it genuinely yeah. did it was like yeah. it was like they interrupted him in the middle of his like D and like in the middle of his campaign they were like hey join our campaign he's like okay yeah sure he yeah. he to me he felt like 
another player joining the group for like a little bit and then just for a few sessions yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just for a few sessions and then leaving yeah Yeah, it it was i think that's like and i'm sure we'll get into this later i think one of my one of my biggest beefs with all the the critiques i have seen in the movie is they're like it doesn't feel like dnd enough i'm like what do you want them to do like you know it feels like dnd it feels like dnd to the fucking t to me yeah that part um specifically was felt very very dnd to me that whole section when he joins the campaign and they're on that that component of the adventure that was when it really just solidified like that feels like an adventure with your friends oh 100 percent. yeah yeah his character was hilarious i thought it was hilarious because you know npc jokes were definitely there and it was just it was funny it was good yeah i really did think that it was cool to see him in this role just because he does play a lot of you know like serious characters um, and, and I mean, he was serious in this, but it was just really cool to see him as compared to like how he has been in, you know, like Bridgerton or the gray man. So, um, I think they used him perfectly in this movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He like stole every scene he was in. It was just chef's kiss. He was so good. He's so good. Okay. Moving on to our girl, Michelle Rodriguez, who you might know from the fast and furious movies, uh, lost, I don't know some of her other credits, but, um, yeah, what do we think of our, our, our girl, Holga the Barbarian? I really liked her. I thought she was funny. Yeah. Um, definitely very Barbarian-esque. Yeah. Her fight scenes were so good. Kicked and ass. Literally. We literally won't, we won't so get too much into it in, in spoiler-free territory. But just know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, they do like some really great fight choreographer choreography with both her and reggae jean page it's awesome it's fucking awesome and like i also i think her and um and chris pine like they're talking about like actor relationships on screen since they were obvious like this i don't think this is a spoiler but they're pretty close and so yeah it's well i mean he says in the first few minutes that like we became like brother and sister yeah, yeah, and so, like, they, them as a pairing, they played off really well with one another. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. And I really, I really enjoyed seeing their story progress over throughout yeah. the movie. So, yeah. I think it's just a testament. They really did find a good balance of actors to put this whole production together. It felt like everyone who was a part of this movie really wanted to be there like they're really invested in the project and absolutely you know what Mm -hmm. it means to the fans and how it's going to um you know leave a legacy and i really Uh think this is like the start of like a a, a franchise of course but it's really cool just to see that with amongst a group of actors and especially an actress like michelle rodriguez yeah yeah absolutely and i think one of the cool things about michelle rodriguez um i don't think she's really done much comedy like at all like chris pine like mm. he's always like in, even in star trek his you know his kirk is like kind of naturally like funny and charismatic like i don't think i'm i'm just like pleasantly surprised that michelle rodriguez read this script and was like this is fucking funny i'm gonna do this yeah um because she was so funny she's so fucking she was funny. so funny <laughs> the, and like <laughs> And, like, also all the just small surprises throughout each of their storylines. Like, her storyline in particular, her backstory, and how you see it develop in her relationship with not the main cast, but other characters, was cracking me up the whole time. Um, Yeah. 
So that was super enjoyable. It's you can tell they all played D and D together before they did this. It's very yeah. apparent. Okay. Um, moving on to our guy Hugh Grant, huge name in this movie. Uh, Forge Fitzwilliam, the the dastardly rogue. Holly, you've got some thoughts. <laughs> I'm just really excited to see that Hugh Grant is at a point in his career where he could just like hop into like these big budget movies and make an appearance and just like have fun with the role. Um, and I think he really had fun with this role and you could see that it's very evident in his acting style. Um, yeah. cause I think naturally he is a bit roguish. So, um, it was just really cool to see that on screen. I love Hugh Grant. Yeah. 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 He also hilarious. Yeah, he was fucking. He was um, so fucking funny. I think I laughed at him the most. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene, and this is not a spoiler at all, but I, I did see this as a little piece of trivia. There's a scene where he's up on a high place, and he looks down at the camera and he says, "Bring me down. This is way too high. It's not what we discussed." And his delivery of that was so good that the rig operator and like the grips were like, "Oh shit! Like get him down. Like he's too high up. <laughs> like, like the the." the the crew of the movie was like, get him down. And it's like, no, that's the that's the line. Like, he just delivered it. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking funny. Crisply. Yeah. Hey, sorry if you guys heard my phone ding. To have, like... What the fuck, Holly? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. That's that's actually Hugh Grant texting yeah. in right now. So, um... <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey loves, thanks for the support. Uh, see you next time. <laughs> it's just... It's honestly... They and, and what I what I also liked about this movie is the balance between really high like high profile big name actors and actresses and also finding some smaller scale actors and actresses that haven't done as many projects. Yeah. So I mean we're going to talk about, um, but Justice and Sophia Lillis like they're both kind of smaller profile yeah. folks in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I mean yeah, they've so. been. In, they they've been in they've been in projects, but you know it's really interesting to see that they really did balance this well, almost like you would you know in a real in a real DD campaign. You want a good balance of different types of actors, backgrounds, um, skills, yeah. and I just thought it was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Raven's mentioning Justice. That's Justice Smith who plays Simon the Sorcerer in the movie. You know him from Detective Pikachu. That's where I know um, mostly from, and also the. The, the Jurassic World movies as well. Um, and I thought he was, like, my biggest shock. He was, so, he was so fucking good in this movie. He honestly felt like the heart of the group without getting into spoilers. Like, there were so many times where I was, like, watching, like, his reactions. And just, like, I, he just felt like that kid at the table that, like, when you're playing D&D, &D, like, everyone's like, well, what do you think we should do? You know, like, he, he was just so good. And his character's relationship with Chris Pine's character's relationship is fucking immaculate. And I won't get into it once again, but if you haven't seen this movie, go see this yeah, movie. Go see the movie like, for sure. It's, it's so good. Um, what'd y'all think of justice Smith? I think that justice Smith was an actual, you know, like a pleasant surprise in the movie. Um, just because a lot of movies that I've seen that have him in it, I felt like he was like underutilized or not utilized in the right ways. And so I felt like with the D&D movie that um, they, they really wrote his character in a way that best accentuates him as an actor and what he brings to the table. So it was fun. It was really cool to see him um, embody that role. Oh, yeah. He 
and I and I kind of mentioned this a little bit before his his character specifically to me felt like the most most like a person playing D for the first time um no. and in a sense you really do get to see him per se not like actually but level up throughout the yeah. story and by the end he's completely different Chicken ass. Yeah. and he's kicking ass and he he's developed you know a newfound confidence in himself and part of that is through his relationship with um Chris Pine's character. It's just all in all his specific arc, because I feel like they do a really good job of including the arcs of each character um, was felt, felt like most like the D and D arc to me, seeing a character get better at their skills over time. Um, It was just, it was entertaining. Also, I think he's, he is cute as a button. Oh, 100%. He's fucking adorable. Yeah. he and his smile when he was smiling on, on on like on camera, I was like, "Damn, he's a right cute little guy." Let look at him go. So, see, props. props I really liked him in Detective Pikachu. So he was he wasn't much of a shock for me. I thought he did great in that movie. So I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna do good in this one too." Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, and then the other person um, Raven was mentioning was uh, Sophia Lillis, who you probably know from the It movies. Um, it chapter one and two, it chapter one being one of the best horror movies released in recent time. And it chapter two being a big steaming pile of dog shit. Um, <laughs> Sophia Lillis, uh, for me to start, I'm just going to say, I thought she was underutilized in this movie, not her character, but her as an actress. Um, she did not have nearly as many lines. And I, I do think that her acting chops are not where some of these other folks are. I still think she did a good job. Like by no means I'm trying to like bash her, but like some of her delivery of lines, especially comedic lines, I'm like, I feel like you're reading a line. Whereas other people, I'm like, I feel like your character is saying a funny thing. Um, and maybe that's why she had less to do, but I did notice it, especially on my second watch through. I was like, damn, she doesn't talk a lot. Like they're not giving her a lot to say. Um, she, but once again, obviously her character has a lot to do, but a lot of that is through effects and action sequences and stuff where she's not really acting. So I don't know. What'd y'all think? Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this series. I'm not okay with this, but it was. Yeah. Oh my God. I love um, that. She was phenomenal in that. Like absolutely phenomenal actress has the skills. And I kind of agree. It was like one of the characters where they implemented a lot of, and when I say a lot, they had wild shape. <laughs> so they, they had like wild shape, but that was more than what they showed the bard doing. You know, and, he could and have she had plays, more. She plays Doric the Druid in the movie, so she is, yeah, a Druid. Yeah, and it's it's so it was it, it was nice to see that they had those skills implemented, like those me- mechanics of the game. Cool to see, um, and arguably she's probably one of the most utilitarian characters that they have in terms of her helping out with you know recon all the missions she's super useful asset to the team but i agree they could have they and that's not her fault right like they could have beefed up some of the writing on her her end so yeah i agree but she's she's a stellar actress like phenomenal yeah what'd you think holly i would have liked to see the character flushed out just a little bit more 
Sophia Lillis did a great job. I just, I don't know. I wanted to see a little bit more from her, and it might just be because you know she is a newer actress. I don't know, but I would have just liked to see her flushed out a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? She's trying to figure out like her on-screen presence, like on-screen, on-screen presence. presence. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. She's trying to figure out the on-screen presence, and I think that you know that comes with the territory of being a newer actress and trying to figure out what works for you in the role. Um, but otherwise, I thought, you know, that she did a good job. I think, you know, in a sense, and this is the vibe I got from her character, a lot of times in a D&D party, you have, like, the standoffish one, the one that's not trusting, the one that has reason to um, not necessarily th- completely throw themselves into a situation. And I think she is kind of the avenue for that in this in this story. Um, not getting too far into it, but she has a... There's a tenuous relationship with humans. Um, the faction that she associates herself with, they are now wary of certain other groups. So I can see like what angle they were trying to take. And maybe that's why she seems more, I don't know what the word is. I mean, standoffish is really kind of what I'm going for. Maybe reserved. reserved. Yeah, reserved. And I, I th- maybe that's what they were trying to get at because i think that's a common thread in a D campaign but i think she still could have had more lines and more substance and been that character and been that role that we often see well see i i got the vibe that she's like you know how there's sometimes the player who's like half paying attention like half on their phone yeah. half paying attention that's that's the vibe that i got is that not that she was like role playing is standoffish but that her player was like not really the most present except for like it's like when she is present it's like to ask snarky questions and stuff like that Mm -hmm. as the player does in that kind of situation yeah i do and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer but i do like the scene where she just like looks chris pine dead in the face edgen his character and says like what do you bring to this dude and he's like well i make plans and she's like, well, it's fucking made then. Like, move on. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, thought that was pretty good. No, that was good. Yeah, I really liked when she dropped the only F-bomb in the movie. <laughs> um, well, if we haven't sold you on the movie yet, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, that's our spoiler-free portion. It's a good fucking movie. You need to see it. Like, if you go into there thinking, you know, oh, I, I'm going to nitpick this rule and that, like, well, you're not going to have a good time. Just let you let you immerse yourself in what they created for you it's 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 true to what dnd feels like it's true to Faerun and the lore like go see the movie cool want to get into some spoilers oh sure sure all right y'all do not listen anymore if you don't want this movie fucking spoiled for you because we're going to go into every goddamn detail about this movie Right. Okay. First you've had and foremost. Time. So yeah, can I can I say a couple little things? Not really spoiler stuff, but I do like the little like minor details they put in, like like when they were walking through the alleyways of Neverwinter, there were rust uh, bugs or rust creatures or whatever yep. fighting for metal scraps. There was a scene where they mm-hmm. were approaching Neverwinter or approaching somewhere, and there was a cart of meat being pulled out, and you could see like a mimic's tongue licking the meat. Yep. Like. Yep, there yep, were yep. just so many like tiny little details 
in the movie that I really thought the that speaks. I, yeah, the axe speaks that I thought was cool they could, as they, shit. That could have just been cows. They could have just been like, get some cows in here yeah. and like move them along. And they were like, let's get some CGI axe speaks in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that they sprinkled stuff like that throughout the entire movie. So, you know, the movie itself is like marketed as something that everybody can watch. But for people that play D&D, players, DMs, all that kind of stuff, it's really like little treats, little special treats sprinkled through like the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, yeah. I will say, to bring back Detective Detective Pikachu, they did like, the producers of that movie did the exact same thing, where they just stuck in Pokemon that like the general audience might not necessarily know, but like longtime fans would know. And it was just, it was really cool. That's, that's the feeling yeah. that I got from this movie was the same one that I got from that movie. And I yeah. think that's like how you you show honor to a a franchise and something that's been in existence for you know we're approaching fifty years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and like I was saying when I went, there were people that were old watching it who've probably been playing D anD D for as long as it's been around, and then kids that are either new players or their parents just play, and they were they were laughing and enjoying the movie too. Um, yeah. This one kid was like, "When are we going to see the dragons?" And like, you know, they're just getting high. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he was he was getting hyped for it too. So you got a hell of a dragon, bro. Yeah, yeah. the the whole The whole dragon sequence might have been one of my favorite. So good. It yeah, was so. It was, oh my god! What a good so chase! Good, yeah. Like they did such a good job of displaying a breath weapon that his breath weapon like was like sparking but wasn't charged. Like the only time he breathes fire is because he hits that lava and then he hits Simon's finger trick you know like that uh-huh. i love that shit thimber chard was that dragon's name what a fucking chonk of a boy he just <laughs> he just wanted to eat a few adventurers yeah, yeah he was just you hungry know? he was just vibing yeah one thing i would have liked from that is as we know D nerds um dragons are intelligent creatures they're smarter than humans and they can speak i would have been i would have liked him to be like come here <laughs> Yeah, I will say I think if there was a sequel, which I I want there to be one, they would probably I they think would there's going to be a sequel. They would definitely include more talking dragons for sure. Yeah, I would hope so, too. I would hope. Yeah, so too. I uh, think it's in. Sorry to cut you off, Luke, but I think another one com- in adding to the to the universe if you're listening to our podcast this movie is perfect for you because it there's so so many connections to the campaign perfectly that we're timed running too yeah, absolutely. perfectly timed um i just remember we're I, about like, to land in fey like that shit is crazy not, like not good job to, thorn i know you didn't know but still yeah but good still, job lucking it, out it's <laughs> a nerd moment i was I was sitting there and I was imagining our characters like they could be a part of this universe. Like you know, yeah. Annie and the Cucks are somewhere off oh, in the distance. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think so. Just to really get into the nerd nerdiness of this, um, in the in the movie, there is a battle referenced very heavily, uh, as you know, when they go to the Evermores and they're they're talking to the dead. Yeah. Um, that a hilarious battle, scene. they say hilarious. they say is a century ago. And that happened in 1400 DR, putting this movie right at 1500 DR, putting it 11 years after what's happening in the Rise of Tiamat campaign that we're in right now. Holy shit. Um, 10 years after Bradley Copper's story. And speaking of Bradley Copper, dude, Bradley Cooper. I fucking... I, I cannot get over 
the connection between our podcast, Thorin, two and a half years ago, was like, I'm going to make a bard, and he's going to be based off of Bradley Cooper. And he's going to be Bradley Copper, and that's going to be the main character of our first season. And fucking Bradley Cooper's in this movie. And he's so fucking funny. It's hilarious. fucking dying. Holy shit. I lost my fucking mind i lost i was laughing well beyond like the amount of time allotted for my laughter i had to do a double take at first i was like is that fucking bradley cooper (laughs) yeah i I, I was with i was with my buddy and i looked and i was like is that fucking bradley cooper (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was so good so fucking good now the one thing i will i you know i i'm not saying this is a perfect movie i do have some critiques that i want to sprinkle in here i did not like the cg of the halflings and yeah they were just like superimposed like that i'm like you you could have completely copied lord of the rings Absolutely. and just done some forced perspective if they had put them at like instead of like they didn't have to do full body for bradley cooper if they had showed like the two of them at a, at a table together and you just forced that perspective just like they did with gandalf and frodo in the Absolutely. wagon Absolutely. Like it would have looked, it would have looked better, and it would it would have taken more time, and it would have probably you know cost them more in production fees to make you know a custom table like that or whatever. But I think it would have looked better. Yeah, I didn't. I, think, I didn't yeah. like how they did the halflings at all. That made me. I was like, this looks bad. But that was like the only yeah. time I looked at the movie and was like, this looks bad. Like there are a lot of characters like Jonathan the Aarakocra and the two dragonborns that we saw that they like did actual like costumes or Jarn- puppetry puppetry for. Exactly. Jonathan like, might've was... been one of my favorite characters. From the- <laughs> like that was just Jonathan. hilarious. Jonathan. <laughs> um, yeah, that shit. I agree. Thorin, the, the practical effects that they used in this movie and that you could tell they did them when they could. Yeah. Love that shit. Like, obviously, Hi, if they did a practical impressive. effect dragon, everyone would have looked at that and been like, "Whoa, that looks really fucking bad." But the tabaxi, the little tabaxi yeah, baby. Oh my god! That, that that giant fucking fish, the dragonborn, Jonathan, the Aarakocra, like that shit was. Fu- I mean, even uh, Sophia Lillis's tail, her tiefling tail, that wasn't CG. You know, that was like a real tail tail that she had. See, on. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even um, notice the tail at first. I completely oh, forgot really? tieflings had tails until I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, they have tails. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I will... So, talking about that as well, the tieflings, I, obviously, Sophia Lillis probably didn't want to, like, go into a bunch of makeup and shit, but I have two critiques on this. Number one, she just looked like a human with horns yeah, and a tail. pretty much, yeah. And, like, I mean, she just... You could not tell at all that that was Devil Spawn. You know, no. like, no, they could have, like, given her a slight pink tent or purple or something they, they could and have also literally, her teeth her teeth and eyes they could like have she, literally she done it teeth, in eyes. post-production like they could have done that with cg yeah yeah i yeah. agree um and also like just a note i feel like this is a critique of the film industry as a whole is just like failing to recognize the value and the importance of practical effects in an era where cg is so I mean, accessible I, I definitely... and so easy yeah, I think this movie luckily did value that. Yeah. And they knew like the D and D nerds are gonna love this shit. But yeah. For sure. Like and that's just a lot of movies plug in a bunch of CG and they forget that, you know, practical effects have their place. And oh absolutely. Make a movie yeah. feel more immersive and real. 
My other critique of this, and I get it completely because it's production value and it's money, but they, you know, they show us a drag, they show us two Dragonborn, they show us an Aarakocra, they show us Tabaxi, and for all of these like unique races or, or lineages, whatever you want to call them, when you see them, right, it's like cameras on them, they display them, they want to get their their value. Also, there's a Yunti in Revel's End, the prison at the beginning. Yeah, I did see like, that. They show him for a split second, right? But then in the background shots, any other like shot where there's a big crowd, it's all just human extras. True. Very true. And I'm like, Very true. If we live in a world where these are you know, these kinds of folks are everywhere, like obviously it's gonna it's not gonna get you a lot of bang for your buck. But if you put in some people in those costumes, just in the back, it would just make it feel mm-hmm. better. I thought. I agree. I mean, but it, it costs money. You know, it's yeah, money. it does. It does cost money. Um, but I agree that that kind of was a not a huge failure, but it did make it feel like less immersive at points. Um, yeah. Especially because I think specifically Jonathan's costume was insane. Like, so good. It was his so get up good. was insane. Was insane. Yeah. Um, also, I just thought his his little role was so funny. Like yeah. trying to fucking smack him through um, the window twice. <laughs> also, what a good Easter egg! Revels End. That's a prison in Icewind Dale. It's featured mm-hmm. in Rime of the Frostmaiden. It's also featured in Keys from the Golden Vault. Like that. Seeing that, I was immediately like, "Oh my god! Like this is so cool!" And none of that was in the trailers. Like I fucking love that shit. Also, I- that orc. That orc at the beginning looked so fucking good. Yeah. I was, yeah. I saw that motherfucker and I was like, oh, I hope we see more of these bastards. We didn't because money. But well, see, I also he think, looked fucking amazing. I also think those those lineages are supposed to be more rare. Like there was definitely like there were a lot of halflings. There were a lot of humans. There were a lot of elves. I mean, you can tell because they were in the background. But I think those are just more common along the sword coast that's true yeah. that is true yeah um like we didn't we only yeah. saw one dwarf too you know they did some, and he looked so good he did look he so, so good yeah he yeah good. so good i was like damn yeah they did some foundational um, demographic research <laughs> for the sword coast <laughs> yeah that dwarf looked fucking amazing yeah so yeah also i mean yeah the cg the fucking displacer beast Looked that great. Was, was oh so my god, fucking that was cool. so good. Yeah. The gelatinous cube I thought was so good. The mimic was so good. Um, mm-hmm. As yeah, moving from practical effects to their to their CG stuff, like there was the, a lot of good stuff there. The games that they were playing, um, you know, when the we were reaching games. the the apex of the movie, yeah. um, that felt so much like playing D and D. Yeah, with your classic D and D. That component yep. too. Yeah. On that note, I also felt like the scene where they put the portal on the art and are getting it into the yes, cart. Yes, yes. That felt like a fucking D and D session to the fucking T. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. I that whole scene, I, that sequence was fucking perfect to me. And there was a hiccup, you know, like the thing falls and there's the rock and they're like, and Hull goes over there and like the guards are like looking at her like yeah, burying a body right now <laughs> and like that. That was one of the crash zooms that I was talking yes. about okay, in yeah, the movie no, that, where they crash yeah, zoom yeah, on no, the characters and they're just standing up there waving. That it made me. Yeah. me. That I made me like, fucking every- laugh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so so funny. So funny. It's like you could see one of their characters rolled badly. 
and oh, for sure. <laughs> and like it there started so many, it started going wrong. There were so many times when I when I looked at myself and said, "Yeah, that's a natural one," or "Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> fail yeah. for sure." Yeah, like yep. at the beginning when Chris Pine is trying to cut off his ropes, he was definitely failing yeah. every single yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god! All right, so that kind of brings me to the fights, and we talked about this a little bit already. But the fucking fights, both of Holga's fights against the guards, and then Zank's fight against the the Theans, and then that final boss fight, all oh, four god, of those. Yeah, so good. Kicked mm-hmm. so much ass. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that fight against um, Safina was that her name? Safina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're, like, at the very, very end of the fight... Oh, and this gets me into another note, which I, I noticed on the second watch. But when they're when all four of them are fighting her, and, you know, like, uh, Dork, like, grabs her arm, and then, like, <laughs> fucking Edgen, like, clocks her in the face with the loot, and, like, like magic missiles are <laughs> flying, and, like, a shield spell comes up, and, like, all that shit. That was such a good representation of just, like, fast-paced, intense boss fight. I love that shit. For sure. But... Also, when you watch that, if you watch that again, right before she throws them all off, right, and starts her time stop, which is about to, like, lead into, like, you know, the the end of the fight, right? You can see, second watch through, I watched for this, like, so closely, she stabs Holga in the chest. Like, you can, like, see it, and they just did such a good fucking job, like, getting that in there. Like, they managed to, like, sneak that in, like, but if you don't pay attention to it, you're not going to catch it. But, yeah. Could you see? Could you see when Kira snuck the band on her? Uh, Kira snucks, sneaks the band on her as she walks up to Chris Pine. Oh, okay. As she walks up to Edgen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So. That shit was so good. We totally skipped over Safina as um, like our big bad, like our villain. Um, but I would like to say that I Daisy Head did a great job. Yeah, I, I saw her and I was like. Yeah, she could do things to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we know Thorin. <laughs> um, you know. It, no, it it is it is it, There's no R in it. Let let it be known that yeah, yeah. when Thorin went to go see the movie, um, in the trailer portion, he he messaged all of us on <laughs> Snapchat and asked why the girl transformer was so hot. So <laughs> yeah. putting putting that on yeah. putting that on. They did. They made her fucking. They made her. Just say it. They made her hot, and they did it on purpose <laughs> to get me to want to see the movie. But here's the thing: it's not gonna fucking work because I don't like the Transformers. <laughs> okay, so um, Holga gets stabbed. Raise your hand if you knew pretty early on that that tal- that little talisman thing was not going to be used to bring back his wife. Like, oh, absolutely not. Because yeah. when they showed the scene, because they put so much emphasis on the dragonfly, and then it showed the scene with her being like, "You, you can- just need to learn to let go." Even before like, that, though, Thorn. Even before that, I was like, "She ain't. He ain't bringing back his wife." No, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, was, yeah. I do think I think that they did a really good job with the. Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? With the... Uh, what? What? Tip of my tongue. F- the the symbolism of the dragonfly. Yes. I, yeah, yeah the, the dragonfly. Yeah. And if you if you want, rewatch it. I don't know if y'all caught this the first time. When she's... When she has her funeral pyre, and they're at her funeral. Yeah, the dragonfly that's is like, there. Yeah, 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 it's there too. So... I think yeah, it becomes... I, it, and also just the thread like of him realizing... 
that his wishes are inherently uh, a little bit selfish. Um, Ed, yeah. Edgen's yep. wishes. And yeah. uh, I think that at that point you kind of see, like, and that's a part of a lot of D&D campaigns is, like, changing what your goal is and your motivations are as a character. And by the end, he's completely shifted. And he's like, no, I'm going to do what actually like makes my daughter happy. Um, so true. Yeah. So and true. living in the here and now and knowing that ultimately his daughter did not have a relationship with her mother, but she has a relationship with his best friend and uh, yeah. comrade, yeah. so to speak. Yep. So I mean, God, her I'm mother figure this. Yeah. And yeah, her yeah. mother figure. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, this movie made me want to be a player again instead of a DM, so... Soon enough, you'll be playing as Bradley... <laughs> Gotta finish the rise of Tiamat. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I I have to critique, because I just think it's really fucking stupid, um, but obviously I'm still saying it's a great movie. The fucking big bad plan is that they're all just going to stay in the Coliseum to let the red gas turn them into undead. And that the way they thwart the plan is by dumping treasure out of the balloon. And they're like, oh, we should leave now. Why the fuck wouldn't they leave anyway? They see, they see a fucking bitch floating in the air and there's, there's red tentacles coming down and there's red gas. Why, why would they not just like, Honestly, I just though, thought that was so dumb. I mean, I did. I will say I did see people fleeing the Coliseum before the gold started falling. Yeah. So I think there were some smarties there, but I think there were also a lot of dumb people there. They were like, oh, this must be the surprise that Forge was telling that, us about. That is just such a bad plan. <laughs> it's it's. But there are people but there are people in real life who are like that. Yeah. It's, it's also giving major like NPC like just classic oh, for trying sure. to save the village and i mean we've encountered it in our campaign we're like y'all are so fucking stupid like True. get your shit True. together <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yep. like i that was that was relatable in a sense it's like god what is wrong with yeah. you all <laughs> yeah but like when you you see it happen in thay right there's all these red wizards on the outside like force fielding them back so they're yeah stuck in sure yeah. they can't but then get you out. see it in 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 uh neverwinter and sophina's like i i just hope they stay I just hope for that. You know, yeah. that's, so, that's fingers crossed. It felt very D&D too when they turn around and they see it happening and Edgen's like, well, I guess we got to go back. Like, I, I guess yeah. I, I guess we got to go and, and fix yeah. this. Like, yeah, we're yeah, the yeah. only ones here. So f- I do like that the uh, wealthy people did die yeah. and become uh, mindless undead slaves. <laughs> that was that was a good part. Yeah. That was a good, that was a great part. One thing I really liked that was very very true to D combat was showing Sophina concentrating on the, yeah. the statue, the at, dragon. Yeah. The dragon statue. I was like, man, they, and then like she gets clocked with a little sack of garlic or whatever the fuck that was. And boom, she's that dragon's done for now. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love that yeah. shit. Yeah. It's just, and, and like, and kind of what I was alluding to earlier, I've seen people do say this dumbest shit about this movie on TikTok comments, specifically about Hulk's yeah. character. And they're like, she didn't rage. And I'm like, what do you want her to do? Scream yes, that she's she raging did, every yeah, single time that she screaming. bites? Like, she's actually, ra- like, you don't have to say, I'm going to rage for it to, ha-. like, that's not how it happens, like, yeah, on no. a screen. I disagree. She- that's not how it happens in, in a fight. No, you don't just yeah. say, I'm raging right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> she was like, fucking, yeah, she was fucking yeah. tearing it up. She was, she yeah. was the best fighter in the whole group okay. by far. Oh, absolutely. So on that same note, what do we think 
about druids and bards not being spellcasters in this world. I think it makes sense, right? Because yeah. I, I was I was disappointed by it on my first watch because I'm like, dude, like Chris Edgen doesn't do much at all. No, he doesn't he doesn't really do I will say the druids part not being spellcasters was a little confusing to me like the only like the only thing she did was wild shape was a little weird and she just has like unlimited wild shapes yeah just unlimited wild shapes uh but i was expecting i was expecting edgen to be like at some point just like rallying them in the middle of a fight with a song that didn't happen yeah i was like okay cool whatever yeah (laughs) there were some key components that i feel like and i i'll say that Edgen's allegiance to like the Harpers is also I, f- I think interesting because I feel like it, yeah. it's showing a different way to be a bard yeah. in, in a sense that like you not I love the Harper that... stuff the yeah, Harpers yeah. and the Emerald Enclave yeah. so good both well, of those are and they mentioned the Lord's Alliance as well for sure um, and it was it was yeah. very it was, I thought that was interesting and also the twist with uh, Edgen and him stealing that piece of treasure and it yeah. ultimately being tracked back to his his uh, his wife and his family. Um, yeah. It was it was done like it. He glances at it in the first shot and it's nothing is really said more oh, about that it. Was and so later, that was so good. That was and then so later good. on mm-hmm. he he reveals his true inner that, turmoil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's at like the lowest point for the party. Like it's they're so they're like going through storytelling. It. Yeah, yeah, they were going through it, and he he decides to be honest there, and then everyone else is like, "Oh well, shit." I guess like we are really fucked up here, so like let's get together yeah. and try to do our best. Um, yeah, I will say an, a, a critique I had is that it didn't make sense to me because it's not rules as written. Is that only the caster could attune to the magic item? Yeah, and and then it like the attunement thing. Now that was but. So fucking good. They put Elminster Omar in this fucking movie. Uh, for D&D nerds, you know, great and powerful wizard. Like, that shit, being in there, it was great. Also, referencing Mordekainen, that was dope. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fucking Underdark was in this movie. Like, God, the lore. They, yeah. and this this movie was two hours and 15 minutes. They it didn't feel that long. It did so not feel that long. much. It did not. I thought it was fucking because, short. And yeah. I, I'm going to say it. I don't... I by law think most movies should not be longer than an hour and 30 minutes i think most yeah. movies are too long so these that's days. how that's how sydney is too my fiance this, and she this, did yeah. not complain about it at all this movie felt like they filled it with entertainment at every turn good story yeah, development at every turn and yeah. it didn't feel too long and i because i hate agreed movies that feel too long and this one did not yeah. feel too long the pace was perfect like it was so fast paced and I was like, damn, they're on to the next thing. But like, that's how it needed to be. And they, yeah. they just packed yeah, shit sure. in there. And then there yeah. were the... I, uh, you can go ahead. Go, you, no, you go ahead. Okay, okay. I was just going to say that I felt like uh, there were some bits and pieces uh, initially that were like really, really rushed. So I felt like when we moved scene to scene to scene, it almost felt like a little bit like whiplash where you're like, oh, okay, where are we going? But no. to oh, really sure. make it all fit into our 15-minute movie... They really had to do that. So, like, reflecting Agreed. on it, I'm like, oh, okay, that actually ended up working out fine. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It was it yeah. was impressive. Um, and because, and like I said, 
in a lot of the advertisements, they're saying it's like the greatest surprise of the year in terms of like movies. I was surprised, yeah. and I've said this, like, I don't like Marvel. I don't like action. I'm not that yeah. type of person. Like, I just have never been a fan of those movies. But to finally have uh, a, and I'm not saying like, I, I like Lord of the Rings and like other fantasy stuff too. But yeah, like, yeah. in terms of speaking about newer projects, to finally yeah. have a good fantasy action that piques like my interest and isn't about a fucking superhero. Like, thank yeah. God. Like it was, it was yeah. just, it, I will say, I will say great. while, while new Marvel is fucking dog shit. This movie would not have happened without guardians of the galaxy. Mm. It, yeah, it wouldn't exist. Not. It wouldn't exist. Yeah. Like the, if, if Marvel hasn't been what it's been over the past, what now 13, no 15 years or whatever. Um, this D and D movie would never have happened. So yeah. I, I do appreciate it in that way. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it was. It didn't feel like oh, like is this a Marvel movie? Like you never thought that. Yeah, but you did yeah. see they yeah. took a formula and they used it to great fucking skill. Like they, they did, did a good job. And they did their research because it didn't feel like a disrespect or a disvalue or well, a. John Francis you, you, Daly, you, you I don't know, know if you'll know who that is. Um, he's also in Freaks and Geeks, and he's been playing D&D since he was a teenager. Um, it's just yep. really, it, it was, all in all, it was thoughtfully done, um, compelling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You connect with the characters, because I think that's that's one of my issues with Marvel, is like, every time I watch a Marvel movie, I feel like I have no connection with any of the actual characters yeah. in it. I'm like, it's all about the action. But this was like a sweet spot of storytelling and uh, action. Yeah, this was a very RP-heavy campaign. It, it, felt, true. For it sure. felt like a D&D &D campaign, and that's why yeah. I liked it so much. God, fucking Edgen, like, inspiring Simon... That was very bardic of him to be like, mm -hmm. like yeah. you're like you're at your best when you're at your worst and like all of that. That was such a when they were like in that scene. That was so good. Love that shit. Um, I will say not enough weird creature fights. Yeah. I want to see some giant yeah, I mean, like, spiders. Yeah, like all all four of the big fights were humanoid v humanoid. Yeah, um, they like they didn't fight the displacer beast at all. No, they kind of made it seem like almost unkillable. Um, like I, I, one thing I did want to critique about the displacer beast, right, is like it shows how it works, right? Like, like the dwarf, you see the dwarf like putting his hand through it, and then when it's like surrounding Edgin, it shows it's making a hologram. No one really like figures that out and uses it to any sort of mm. real like advantage, which I thought was interesting. I also thought the them jumping into the gelatinous cube to get sunk into the thing, I thought that was really cool but also in like what D&D campaign are you going to say instead of fighting the monster we're going to hope that when this sinks not only we're we not burned alive but also we're not crushed underneath the stadium like it was it yeah. was a really big risk and it, i don't know yeah i think i think a displacer beast just generally i'm like just fucking fight the thing come on man but, yeah, they're not a very. I don't think they're a very high CR. No, they're not. They're not crazy bad. Let's look. I mean, they didn't have weapons for one, which does make it. Yeah, tougher, that's, but, that's very true. That's very they, true. They did. They did get a sword in there. I mean, to be to begin with, though, that this didn't feel like a party made up of like they weren't like a, a a rough and tumble fighting party. If that makes sense, like obviously Holga was beating ass at every turn, but she was really the yeah. only person doing that. Um. 
<laughs> I mean, so, dude, Simon fucking carried him in the end. Yeah, and then like Fighting at the end, oh, that's what I kind of mean. That fucking Wild West up. homage, that was so good when the basket rolled yeah, by. That yeah, fucking, that was so fucking yeah. funny. Displacer oh Beast God. is challenge rating three. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that was so good. The fucking hands, the magical arm wrestling, as Holly called it, mm-hmm. that was so good. Um, he well, leveled so, up. He leveled up. Yeah. Oh, he leveled up mid fucking fight. The, like, um, there's... So, people hating on Druid wild shaping in an owl bear, owl bear. So now we've got some clues from from different parts of D and D world um, that they're probably going to make that a subclass where druids can wild shape into monstrosities. So it's like for people Fuck. being like, "That's not rules." I'm like. Well, it could have been planned before this, and you guys are just looking like fucking dummies now. And even then, like that's something you could easily homebrew. Shut the fuck up. Just get over yourself. That that was my point. I I want to play as a druid that can wild shape into monstrosities. It doesn't make sense that you can't because I know they're classified as monstrosities, but they're just cr- other creatures in the world. Like they could just as easily be classified as animals. Well. I think lore-wise, it's not technically true because of the weave and how magic works in the world, that they are imbued with uh, different elements of the weave, but still. Okay, well, I'm not a lore nerd, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I, like really, I like to read this stuff. Um, also, uh, coincidence that the Thans were the bad guys in this movie, Zaztam is still around. And that in 2025, we're getting a Red Th- uh, a Wizards of Red Thay adventure module where they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Is that a coincidence? Also a module that know. features the prison again. So that's what they were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's the dope. Maiden. Yeah, I mean, and then like, we don't have a module in 5e for Neverwinter. We have, a wa- we have two Waterdeep modules and half of a Baldur's Gate module. I refuse to say Descent into Invernus is actually a Baldur's Gate module because it's really not. But, mm. um, yeah, could be interesting. Hmm. Also, I, think- I thought it was funny that Lord Neverember is like very much painted as like a victim and a good guy in this uh, <laughs> this movie, and he's like very clearly a devious bastard. He's much more akin to Forge Fitzwilliam in all of our games we've run. Yeah. What were you going to say, Raven? Um, I think my... Oh, the timing. I just think it was a, a really wise timing move for not only um, just these actors, but, like, D&D as a franchise as a whole, like, where it's going. And yeah, just, like, it's spark in popularity because of, you know, cough, cough, Stranger Things. And, you know, timeless of it all and relevance is really important in marketing schemes and holly kind of mentioned it the marketing for this movie was pretty fucking on point um they did a lot of good in terms of hitting their target audiences knowing the people that would be most excited to see this movie and capitalizing on that uh, oh for sure which is which is i think it's always really important to do when you're trying to sell a product of course but also speaking to those people that are fans of that franchise and i really think that the producers of the movie knew what they had yeah um they knew the community and knew what the community would like and i think they wanted to stay true to 
the community values and just release a movie that they would be proud of. And so when we look at that, the marketing campaign where, you know, they started marketing this movie like nine months yeah. before we even really got like a lot more details about the release date, all that kind of stuff. I mean, the soft launch at Comic-Cons and then working our way into other events. Like, it's just really cool just how they did that. Yeah, for sure. I think my biggest hope for this, and I don't think uh, the D&D wizards of the coast or the franchise would allow this to happen because i think they care about their ip a little too much um is that i think one of the biggest problems with marvel is that it's created and i'm going to blame disney here because i think i think disney is perhaps the worst and most evil media organization that's ever existed they buy properties oversaturate them water them down and milk them for all they're worth and then leave behind very little consideration for the fans of that franchise that care a lot about it. Um, I don't, and I never think that Disney's going to buy out this, this property, but I hope that they never do anything like that to D and D just because it deserves better than that. And I think that this movie is a testament to what you can do with a fan base and with a, very popular IP that's been in media for years and years and years and speaking to all the fans of it in a really, you know, thoughtful way. So I think that's important. And I hope that they continue this trajectory. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Don't even get me on my Disney soapbox. I fucking hate Yeah, no, I was about to say, there was a, there was a commercial for the Jedi Fallen Survivor game that's coming out. And I looked over at my buddy and I was like, I literally do not give a single shit about Star Wars. Sydney looked like over just, at me. Sydney looked over at me and she was like, when the fuck did they start putting video game trailers in my good Christian movies? Like, yeah, literally. What's going on here? Literally. It's like, and like, and I hate to say it, but Disney's ruined Star Like Disney's ruined so many different properties and they will continue to do so because they, they view uh, media as a money-making scheme when media is about building relationships with your world and building re- and creating a world like that's the key hallmark of any piece of media and i think that this movie and do i think that this movie is going to win astron like astronomical amounts of awards is it going no. to be um platformed like that absolutely not but this movie is going to be loved by people who love D and D, and that's like yeah. that's oh, a yeah. success for this movie. Um, Absolutely. So, I I think it, yeah. it did a really awesome job. And hey, if you're listening to this and you play D and D, and then some of your buddies see this movie and they're like, "Oh, I want to try D and D," please don't gatekeep them. Keep, do, please don't gatekeep them. You know, yeah. let them into yeah. your hobby. Like, let them yeah. build some fucking stories and characters, and you know, maybe you'll have a new campaign with some newbies. Like, yeah. It's it's going to be really good for the hobby. Um, you know, however you feel about Wizards of the Coast, it is going to make Wizards of the Coast money, but it's also going to make indie devs money. You know, like it's for it's sure. going mm-hmm. to um, build something that we all love. If you're listening to this podcast, I would imagine you love D and D, and that's a good thing. You know, we want we want this hobby to grow, and you know, it's not it's not even going to build just D and D. Other people are going to find out about other tabletop. I mean, D and D is the gateway drug. You know, like if your if your thing is fucking Starfinder, it's going to build Starfinder. So yeah, I was literally, yeah. I was literally contemplating buying the Starfinder uh, like rule book the other day because I really want to do a fucking sci fi campaign. Yeah, like 
Sick. It's going to be, I think, it's like a, a a D&D is is a way to stay close to your friends. And I think, I mean, Mm -hmm. when I first started really ramping up playing was during the pandemic. And I don't know, it's just, it keeps you connected. It keeps you feeling like you're an active member of something. And, you know, for them to release a movie that's in like, Luke was talking about they've released some dog shit movies. I haven't seen them, but I've read about them. <laughs> uh, for them to release a movie that is receiving this high of like you know critic reception and just general consumer reviews, making money, it's is, definitely gonna, it's making money. It, it's it's ultimately good for the franchise because I and I and I encourage like homebrewing is great and all, and I'm not here to like say that homebrew is a bad thing. There's a reason why there are pre-written campaigns and modules and the reason why we do this podcast. And it's because they built up a fantastic lore and universe and connections and new aspects will be coming out with uh, S6E is imminent. And it's just going to be well, fucking awesome. I'm not awesome. that, but yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> it's, it's one D&D. Yeah. It's, and I don't know. I don't know if I'll transition over to it, but that's just me. But th- we'll see. We'll have to talk about it on the pod. <laughs> there'll be there'll be new campaigns, new stories, and new friends and and adventures. So you know, you know how many you know how many Gen Xers there are that are like, I'll never leave behind three point five. That's yeah. my millennial ass for five e for like, sure. It's um, it's I don't know. I need to hold on. To I, it. I just think it's a really cool thing, and generations of people enjoy it. It's a thing to be shared and to love. So, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, I think that's a great way to end this episode. Uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. If you haven't seen the movie, you know, please just just give it a shot. If you're hesitant because yeah, you're like, oh, it's not wild shape, you know, owl bears, whatever, just give it a shot. I think you'll like it. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, please engage with us on all of our socials. Talk to us about what you thought. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, MySpace, Bumble, Bumble BFF. Uh, you know, let us know what you think. Um, text Thorin. His phone number is. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate y'all so much. Yeah. Um, go enjoy the movie. Vigiler today was Thorin George, Raven Walker, Holly Lyons, and Luke Job. Just talking about a movie. A movie we like a lot. Holly Lyons is also our fantastic editor. Bethany Gray does our gorgeous cover art. Devin Clark is our talented webmaster, and he also brought Holly Lyons a snack during the recording, which was very important. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod. Join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Modular Podcast, at least until TikTok is outlawed and Twitter uh, burns to the ground because of Elon. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube at the Modular Podcast. YouTube doesn't seem to be going anywhere. That's good, right? You can email us with any questions about our show or, in this case, this movie at ModularThePodcast at gmail.com. Here's a quick shout out to Jack Dean. Jack wasn't in this episode. Jack hadn't ha- seen the movie yet because of, you know, England and all that stuff. We love you, Jack. We missed you. We can't wait to feel the embrace of your voice once more. New episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, 
Thank you for listening to Modular. <laughs>